This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. So here we go, miracle uh, that we're going through, but miracle number nine as far as we're concerned. Um, I should have saved this for number ten, shouldn't I? But only nine, hang on, (laughs) there you go, you see, one of them returned and nine did not. So, you know, it works either way. So we've seen Jesus do some amazing things, miracles that have shown us clearly that he is the very son of God. And from individuals healed to feeling, uh, feeding multitudes, Jesus has shown his love, his purpose and mission. And although here um, we've seen benefit to mankind, we've seen some benefit to individuals over the past few months. But we know, don't we, that soon all humanity think about we're getting nearer to Easter, that all humanity will receive blessing and healing from Jesus Christ as we are willing to put our faith and our trust in him, then we have the opportunity to receive healing from him who is able. Amen? Amen. So yes, we've seen Jesus do a lot of amazing things, but we haven't seen to this point Jesus healed more than one person at a time. And this morning, we get to see 10 people receive healing all in one go. So here we go. Jesus is now making his way up to Jerusalem. Um, He's somewhere um, in the middle between Galilee, Samaria, and Jerusalem. And as the story would put us, I'd show you that if I had a map, and a, and a cane, <laughs> sort of uh, Galilee's here, and you sort of follow the river down, and then you've got Samaria, and you follow it down a little bit more, and you've got Judea and Jerusalem down here. Um, Jesus is somewhere in between these two, okay? And the reason that that's important, geographically, is because that we get a mixture, as we'll see, of Jews and a Gentile, so those of the Jewish nation, and one person who is not a Jew, as Jesus calls a foreigner, we get a mixture of the pair in this village that Jesus is now heading into. This village would have been isolated, on the outskirts. And the reason being is that these people that were in this village had disease. And in this particular instance, we're told about leprosy. And leprosy was a disease that they believed they could catch from one to another. And more than that, that they believed that they were also, according to uh, Jewish law, that these people were unclean. So they were physically diseased. But also they believed then that they were spiritually also unclean. And therefore, they would be on the outskirts. They would have nothing to do with civilization, nothing to do with society. And they would be ostracized. That just came to me. Is that even in context? Because I'm amazed if it is. Incredible. I've got Alistair nodding at the back. (laughs) Amazing. Anyway, only me is impressed. I'll have a moment. It's cleared. So anyway... 
here they are on the outskirts and they see this man Jesus walking through their village and you can imagine can't you okay I'll paint the picture for you then Jesus is now walking through this village and these people know hang on a minute nobody comes here you've not thought about that have you nobody comes here nobody walks through here nobody's bothered with us and here's Jesus what is he doing here Avoiding Samaria? No. You see, Jesus knows that there are people here that need help. People here that need love. People here that need care. And often in our day-to-day, we pass around areas or we go out of our way to avoid places because there's nothing good there. And we don't see Jesus do that once. In fact, what we see him do is go to these places and bring, as we saw this morning, love and life. And here, in this moment, they recognize that this is Jesus and they know that he can do something. They just know. They've heard. Maybe they've seen with the hoods up, have got in amongst the crowd. Maybe have seen this man Jesus doing things, healing people. Oh. <gasps> Just think about it, boys. He could heal us. So they approach Jesus. And as they do that, they proclaim something that can be missed. You see, they say Jesus, as you see there. But they also say something else. They say, Jesus, verse 13, Master, have pity on us. You know, it's one thing, isn't it, to see and to understand perhaps God and Jesus and maybe even the Holy Spirit. Yeah, okay, I get it. There's got to be somebody out there looking after us. There's got to be somebody out there who's put the the trees where they are and the stars into space and somebody's got to create it, perhaps. Oh, I believe in a higher being. But it's another thing, isn't it, to go, Jesus, Master. It's another thing to put him in his rightful place. It's another thing to say, actually, it's worth me going to see this man, Jesus, because he can do something. But more than that, he is Master. So don't take that lightly as you read that, even though only one returns as we'll get to see. But as, he was, uh, as, he, uh, as they approach Jesus, he, they say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, verse 14, go. Hang on, I'll make sure I've read that right. When he saw them, he said, no, it does say that. It says, go, show yourselves to the priest." Hang on a minute. This is another one of them, isn't it? You know, Jesus, we're expecting something pretty good here. We've seen and we've heard. You're now passing through the village that nobody comes through, the village that shall not be named. Here you are in this place, and now we've seen you. We've come to you and said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And he says, yeah, go. What? I'd have been slightly disappointed. 
I'd have probably kicked and screamed. I do have a tendency to tantrum every now and again. <laughs> we'll not ask Lol because she will be honest. That's all she can do. But Jesus has recognized, yes, their need for healing, but Jesus doesn't heal them in that moment. He expects them to do something. He expects them to do something. How often in these miracles to this point have we seen that there is an action of faith that needs to happen? There is an action that needs to happen in here and an action that needs to happen in here that puts the two and two together and says, okay, if this is what Jesus says, then even though this seems crackers, let me read it, go, show yourself to the priest. It is the last thing you would do because you are unclean. You can't even go near a priest. You can't even be in the vicinity of a normal human being who isn't diseased because you are unclean and diseased. And Jesus says, go, show yourselves to the people that you cannot get near. And as they went... There's some faith there, isn't there? And as they went, do you get that? The ten of them have turned around and they have stepped. They have turned around and they have stepped. I listened to a message a few weeks ago about pivot. You've all thought about friends. Just in a heartbeat there, pivot. Anyway. Those that didn't think about friends, you're either too old or too young. <clears throat> Pardon? I don't know who said that. But the truth is that in that moment, they had a decision to make. They had a decision to make. They could do what I probably would have done, as I've said. They could have kicked and screamed and moaned. They could have said, Jesus, you're going to have to do something before we go. They could have just gone back to their homes and gone, do you know what? <laughs> oh, we thought. But what they did do was they were willing to listen. And it says that as they went, they were healed. As they went, they were healed. Faith in action. And as we put our faith in action, God, as we see through Scripture time and time and time and time and time and time and time again, he will always deliver. Always. But faith precedes all of this. They have to step. And it says, as they went, they were cleansed. Can you imagine their entire lives with that huge word that we talked about, isolated from everybody else? I can't say it again, that's why. And there they, were, there they were, now they've turned, they've listened to Jesus and they've stepped and they are healed. Straight away they're healed. As they make their way to the priest, they are healed. What I love also about this is this. Only one Israelite has ever been healed of leprosy. Any idea? Miriam. I know. All the way back in the Old Testament, there is a story in Numbers chapter 12 that tells us of a lady called Miriam who is healed of leprosy. And now all of a sudden, the priests 
who have had no experience in dealing with one leper who's been healed, let alone ten lepers who have been healed, are faced with ten people who go, we've just been healed of leprosy. Can we come back in? Can you imagine? You've been what? Flicking through the scrolls, trying to find what the law says. It's got to be in here somewhere. Surely I've heard a story about it. There was one other person, by the way. He was Syrian, though. His name was? Naaman. Naaman. He was also healed of leprosy. But they would have been scratching their heads as to what to do. But of course, the law does provide the answer. And the ten men go to the high priest, or go to the priest, sorry, and there they are cleansed. They're back into society, spiritually, physically, back into society now. Here's what I speculate has happened from this point on, because it does not give us the answer. The ten of them have gone, that's amazing. Nine of them have gone, yes, let's go up to Jerusalem, let's go to the temple and let's worship God. One of them is not allowed to go. You'd not thought about that before, had you? Above the temple, there would be a sign that says, no Gentiles allowed. Can you believe that? That is the truth. Historically, archaeological evidence no Gentiles allowed. Nine of them have rushed off to Jerusalem. You remember, they're somewhere here, and they're rushing off now to Jerusalem. And one of them cannot go. Because he's not allowed. And here's the wonder of the gospel. Because what this man then realizes is this. That this Jesus, who's just healed him, well, this is the God that those nine are going to worship. This is the God that those nine are going to bring praise to. This is the God that those nine are saying that I can't go. And their people say I can't go because I'm a Samaritan. I'm a Gentile. And God says this is Jesus and he is for all. He is for all. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The whosoever is you and me, Gentiles. The whosoever is us. And God so loved us that he gave his one and only son so that you and me might realise that the place to go is to the foot of the cross. The place to go is to Jesus' feet. And this man has now grasped that the very king of kings is before him. And what else can you do? But go to his feet and bring him thanks. Isn't that what we do every Sunday? By God's grace and his mercy, isn't that what we do? We, we come here, we remember, we give thanks and we praise him because he is worthy of praise. And this man has realised that God is not for the elect few, but God is for all who will believe. God is for all who will believe. And you this morning might sit there and go, do you know, I believe in a higher power. But you might sit here this morning and have heard that there is a God who loves you enough to give his life for you. That God sent Jesus Christ. That's what the cross is about. But look, the cross is empty. He's no longer on the cross because death could not hold him. 
And there on that cross, sin and death has been defeated. We've been healed of our sickness. Is this not what we're reading this morning? Is this not what we're seeing this morning? But church, the Bible, te- Bible tells us that wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And many will go through it. And narrow is the gate that leads to life. And the Bible tells me only a few will find it. That gives us a picture, one in ten. I would imagine the difference of that. But only one returns to say, this is where I need to bring my thanks. This is where I need to bring my praise. And only one of them, the Bible then tells us, as this story wraps up, Jesus says to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Recap a minute. When they turned and they went to the high priest, what happened? They were cleansed. Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Often we look, don't we, for physical healing. And often that's the thing that we get hung up on. And Jesus has said time and time again, we saw it with a miracle just a few weeks ago. What does God worry about? This. This thing in here, the heart. He worries about where we are going. And he wants to give us life. And that's what he's interested in. The body is wasting away. You look at Lazarus. He was healed, raised from the dead. What happened to Lazarus? I don't think he's still alive. But he is in glory. And there he'll be forever with his saviour. And this morning, we have that same opportunity. And let's not get blinkered by this, as nice as it is. But let's focus on what God has got for you and me. It's a bigger picture. It's a far better picture. Eternity is a lot bigger than this 80, 90, 100, 200 years, should medical science allow it. It's not a lot of time in the grand scheme of forever, is it? And God is worried about this in here. And this is what we need to keep our eyes and our ears fixed upon because otherwise, church, we can lose focus so quickly. So as we've seen this morning, it does not matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter about your history or your upbringing. What matters is your decision to come to Jesus. That is the only thing that matters. The only thing that matters is that decision to come to Jesus. And he has the power to forgive, to heal and restore. Amen? Almost. Amen? Jesus brings physical healing and he also brings spiritual healing. Your faith has made you well. You know, church, I want to tell you that you know this, but I'm going to tell you again that this is the God that we worship here at Hope Church. This is the God that we worship here at Hope Church. And our challenge is, can we be brave enough to step, to turn and to step, to do? Can we be brave enough? Can we have faith enough to know that he has got it? He has absolutely got it. Down to the finest minute detail, he has got it. And if and when we do, then may we be those people that return with praise. 
May we be those people that return with thanksgiving. May we be those people that will be forever in glory, praising and bringing worship to our God. Why? Because he is worthy. Amen? Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.